like twin sons on a womp rat's tail, welcome back to the Tumbling Saber podcast, everybody. I'm Kyle. I'm Murray. I'm Nathan. Welcome back, one and all. It's been a while. we got to talk books this week, so we're bringing Nathan and Marie back from the dead. It's my fault. It's my fault that it's taken this long <laughs> to catch up on books. I've been so horrid with my reading, and I still am, but we were given a huge news drop in terms of books this week, so... Um, uh, fate kind of forced my hand. I said, listen, idiot, if you're not going to do the reading, I'm going to give you something else to talk about. You don't even have to research anything. I'm going to put it all in front of you on a web page. You can just recite it and then talk about it. You don't have to read anything yet. So that's what we're going to do. You're too hard on yourself, Kyle. Am I? I mean, I can't even... <laughs> I, I, we were just talking about this before we recorded. You buy the books. I mean... You just don't read the books. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I I do read them. I just don't read them right away. You know, I'm not Rick where I literally eat the book and consume its knowledge. I think somehow, how is Rick? How is he doing? Has anyone talked to Rick? How is Rick? I, I, I think he posted some, and despite everything, I think he put something in the group today. But I didn't visit it because it's Sunday and I, you know, I, I, I take things off on Sunday. Oh, yeah. You're religious, right? Very. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> oh, holy shit. Well, let's catch up. It's been it's been a while, so this this catch up segment here could take us a couple hours. Murray, back to back Dragon Con Star Wars trivia champion. How you doing? Whoop whoop. Yeah. yeah. Um, so talking about reading books, I read four books in just over a week, right before Dragon Con. <laughs> To make sure yeah, okay. that I How was caught up. Do what? How could we ever compete? <laughs> like just just a, a shovel full of shame right on top. <laughs> I I was just plowing through them, just devouring them. And um it it was a lot of fun because I knew that I wasn't going to be writing the reviews of the books for a little while. So I could just mostly enjoy and not worry so much about what it was going to look like when I reviewed it because I was trying to just shovel it in so fast, but it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Um, it was a lot of high Republic content and that was cool. Um, but yeah, so I won again so yay for reading all those books in a week. <laughs> now, did you have another question in the end? Like, uh, what was it? last year? I, I'll never forget last. Although I did, I have forgotten the details of last year's. I remember the the context and that it, it was the name of a clone pilot that you somehow pulled out yeah. because, of course, you did. Was it another one of those completely obscure questions that that brought it home for you? So. The question um, that I almost got, it, it was it was a little weird. So it mirrored the Sifo-Dia situation um, where I missed the, um, what you call it, um, the hyphen. So there was a question asked, who was the Deveronian in Chalman's Cantina? Oh, boy. And I knew the answer. And I said, Cardu, apostrophe, psi, space, Moloch. 
there's oh. a second apostrophe. <laughs> and I was the only one who even came close. Like it was spelled perfectly. And so then um, I didn't get that one. And Alex, Alex Damon was like, man, that, uh, that's crazy. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And the guy even brought up the, the question writer brought up the Sifo Diaz question. And I said, he said, someone, blah, blah, blah. And I said, that was me. <laughs> and the whole audience was just like, oh, my God, give it to her. It was pretty crazy. Wow. Can you spell Mithran the word <laughs> Top of your head. I'd have to think about it, but I can get close. I know I can get close. Like, I, the idea that you might have that knowledge in your back pocket at all times just blows my brain away. <laughs> Like, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I got I got twenty six, I got twenty six out of fifty on that test. That's pretty good, actually. <laughs> and you know what? I was kicking myself after because, and I still don't remember it right now. Thinking back on it, but I could not remember the Phantom Menace pilot's name, the Republic pilot, Mayoi Madrakar, Madrakar. Yeah, that's the one. I got that one wrong. <laughs> The only reason I know that one is because it was asked twice last year. Yeah, yeah, I know because that's that's the one that uh, was that the one that everybody everybody missed, and he keeps putting it on the test over and over. Yeah, just like trying <laughs> yeah. to drill it into our brains. Yeah, that's why I was like kicking myself. I was like, man, <laughs> I've heard that story so many times. I should know it by now. Doesn't that still, character? You have... said it a few seconds ago. That character has the, the distinction of having the first word of the Skywalker saga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Yep. This no name. It's true. I mean, literally. I mean, she's got a name, but she's a she's a you know, as close as it gets to a throwaway character. I mean, the, the Trade Federation certainly threw her away, but <laughs> that character is the first line of all of all nine movies. Crazy. It is crazy. Wild. So Marie's racking up the, the the trivia wins. What's next? Where's where's the next uh, pile of, of dead bodies coming up, Marie? I don't even know. There's nothing really on the horizon that I know of. Um, but and she whipped for there were no more worlds to conquer. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so I <laughs> I need more. I need another competition for sure. But right now my brain is so filled up with life stuff so it's mm. you know i'm pretty preoccupied but the the winning question so this the question after the one that i missed because of the apostrophes the answer was globe of peace so it was a fairly easy question <laughs> and the question that i won on was what is the globe of peace Well, hell, that's a good question, because I never it, even thought about it. Isn't that the thing that uh, Boss Nask has at the end of Phantom Menace? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. But yeah. Was the question, like, what is it? What, what is, is it? the thing? And yeah, I, I, no I said, plasma ball. Yeah. 
and I got it right. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. That I was thought, like okay, cool. So it's it's purely decorative, I guess. Yeah, I think. <laughs> Although their boomas are made out of plasma, aren't they? It's yeah, a defective maybe it's symbolic one. Of, maybe it's symbolic, like the Gungans are handing over their military technology to the Naboo as a sign of peace. Oh, I like that. It sounds like a trick. Mm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. aren't, they, aren't the Naboo, like uh, the colonists who moved in, now they're taking over the Gungan technology too? Yeah, it, they're they're from Grismalt. Gri- oh, okay. <laughs> uh-huh. There's all right, everybody. There's the takeaway for this week. The people of Naboo are not are not from Naboo. They're from Griswold. Grismalt. Griswold. Grismalt. G R I Z M A L T. Sounds delicious. <laughs> it sounds like it's something you order That's at the- Galaxy's Edge. I'll have a Grismalt, please. <laughs> That's the next movie. Chevy Chase on the boo. <laughs> Chevy Chase in a life day celebration on ABC. Griswold's <laughs> hyperspace vacation. <laughs> All right, Nathan, uh, what's happening in your world these days? Not a lot. Uh, uh, yeah, not much has happened lately. I'm, I'm, you know, I am behind. Um, I'm almost caught up on all the comics. I'm, and this is terrible. This is terrible. But I'm almost finished out of the shadows, and I haven't, I haven't listened to Tempest Runner yet. I'm way behind. Both are um, so good. Yeah, I, and it's not that I'm not enjoying Out of the Shadows, and I loved Rising Storm. Uh, but yeah, it's just I don't know. It's just finding time and and. Honestly, part of it is podcasts. It's just I listen to too many podcasts, and that eats so up so much of my time that um, I don't get to listen or um, read as much as as much as I'd like. Uh, I could just stop listening to the podcasts, but that would require um, discipline, <laughs> and I have little of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> that isn't that it it's it's being you know so fragmented and having so many other interests like i have not even bought out of the shadows or tempest runner and i'm like a third of the way through um uh rising storm like i'm hmm. nowhere and the comics i'm about three weeks behind i think and yeah and it's it's that kind of thing where it's like listening to other podcasts or you know it i'm, I'm watching the, a lot of a lot of uh, baseball playoffs and i'm just hmm. catching up on, on a lot of my x-men reading and a lot of god my dc books i'm just start, slowly starting to chip away at that pile it's like I just, where's all the time where's the time mm-hmm. i don't get it yep yeah but we do we do yeah, kind of put I... this pressure on ourselves to kind of follow rick <laughs> how is Rick? Yeah. How's he doing? That's the I don't know. That's the blind leading the blind right there, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he I, I heard that he had to get a separate moving van for all of his books. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, how's her cover army treat you now, Rick, with a big move? <laughs> you get one of those fifth wheels there for <laughs> uh. 
Yeah, this is why I had to go to digital. Uh, this this is the uh, this has been the uh, spreading rumors segment on Tumbling Saber, brought to you by Chop Rules with a Z. <laughs> yeah, how's Ryan doing? Is Ryan still on the movie? Or oh, I guess we'll check in next week. We'll get Corey to uh, yeah. you know get yeah, his speed dial out. Me, will you? Because I uh, I've been wondering. Well, we're coming up on the four year anniversary. We have big plans for the four year anniversary of that date on the podcast. Oh, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Well, I mean, he did just finish filming uh, *Knives Out* too, so or whatever it's going to be called. <laughs> they just wrapped in Greece a couple weeks ago, I think. I'm gonna say I, I don't know if the news is out there, but I'm gonna say there's no chance that he calls it *Knives Out* too. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I could maybe he'll go. Maybe it'll be a *Knives Out* story. <laughs> 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 or might, a knives out tail or something like that. Wouldn't that be a troll job and a half? Oh man. Speaking of this is actually factual. Um this day four four years ago, the trailer for The Last Jedi dropped. It was oh, a yeah. it was a Monday night, I believe, and I, I remember that it was back when James was still on the show, and we we wow. pushed recordings. We found out that um the trailer was going to drop. I think it was a Monday night. And I think the giants and Eagles were playing. And so we said, <laughs> screw it. Let's just wait till Monday night and record. And then of course the trailer doesn't air till what, like halftime or something, which is already like nine o'clock, nine <laughs> 30 or so. And we're like, Oh, what a mistake. <laughs> so I remember that one being a, being a late show, but yeah, that, that trailer, which kind of, even from that point, like people were either super excited or super trepidatious. <laughs> They're like, "Uh oh, yeah. what's going on here?" Yeah, I remember over the summer I was uh, when the Olympics were on. Uh, I was over at my parents visiting my parents, and I think it was me and my dad were watching watching the Olympics, and I was telling him about how the Rogue One trailer dropped during Olympic swimming. And all these nerds were watching Olympic swimming, waiting for the Star Wars <laughs> And a record was set for Olympic swimming. TV viewership. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Probably actually true. Yeah. But I did watch, uh, me and my sister watched the, the Force Awakens a couple nights ago. And it just got me in a like, real nostalgic mood for like 2015. Like, oh, the Halcyon days. That, oh, that was a good year, man. Oh, 2015 was, it's up there among the best. When all me. things were still possible. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, like there was so much news and there was so much going on and there were so many new podcasts and like so many new Facebook groups were popping up and like, it was just a, it, I mean, it was crazy. It was before it turned into the wild West. Like it was, <laughs> Oh, everybody. Yeah. I mean, everybody was still hopeful and happy and excited that star Wars was coming back in the biggest way since, since Phantom Menace. Yeah. 2015 was the high Republic of <laughs> star Wars. <laughs> fandom. It was Camelot. It was Camelot. It was, <laughs> Yeah, that no, those were good times. I and I don't know how long it lasted. I you know what I think even 2016 was a good year. It was a good year. That was when it started to kind of turn down. That's when you had the 
the Ray Mary Sue stuff, and you had the um, what else was it? Oh, you, they had the Rogue One reshoot stuff happening, and that was over the summer of 2016, and it was when the cracks started the show. I'll say, uh, but yeah, 2015. That was oh, ah, chef's kiss. That was yeah. That was a Those great year. And 2014 was great too. You had a bit of the upheaval of the canon reset, but then you also had the relaunch of the books. Um, the new comic line from Marvel was on the horizon. Uh, you had Rebels starting. Like it was, it was good times. You also had the uh, the Lost Missions, Clone Wars Lost Missions, uh, mm. that aired on Netflix for the first time in 2014. It, that was a fun year too, but 2015 was was like 20 2015 was like 2014 on steroids. Like it was, <laughs> and all the toys that came out, uh, all the all yeah. the new collectibles that started hitting oh, us in, in one tsunami after another. It was wonderful. The beginning of Force Friday. Yeah, man, that first fantastic. Force Friday live stream, they had Phil Noto on their live, like doing live drawings. On a big sheet of paper, like what has happened to the, where is Force oh. Friday live streams now? Yeah, I think that's I think it's practically dead at this point. Well, speaking of, I mean, going into the con thing, this weekend was New York Comic Con, and I was expecting some news, like anything at all. But you know, I wasn't. You know, it being Canadian Thanksgiving weekend, I wasn't super plugged into the to the web. So I, I did anything come out of New York Comic Con as it relates to Star Wars, or is Lucasfilm just holding everything back for PulseCon? Or I, I don't know. I, I got nothing. Did anything happen at all? Well, we got these book announcements um, this week, and traditionally, I think we usually have a book panel at New York Comic Con, don't we? I feel like we do. We definitely do it at San yeah. Diego. Lucasfilm usually does. Lucasfilm usually does some kind of NYCC publishing panel. I feel like that's been sort of the norm. So I guess this book announcement that we're going to talk about in a bit. I guess those announcements were things we would have gotten at a publishing panel. I wonder if it being just you know still COVID and they just said forget it, we're not going. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I haven't followed NYCC that much, but uh, yeah, I, mean, I know he, Chris Clare was there. That's about all I know. <laughs> yeah, and you, well, and Hayden Christensen was there. Uh, every you know, oh, whenever man, I those... did jump on Twitter, it oh. was people posting their picture with Hayden Christensen, separated by a little piece of plexiglass. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> those were so great to see. It's so great to see him back. It really is. It's it's, it's oh. nice to see fandom embracing the guy finally. Yep. Yep. Agreed. For sure. Alrighty. Hi, Annie. <laughs> and yeah, it, you know, it would also be nice to see Jake Lloyd get back in there at some point too. Yeah. I yeah, think that that's be... a little more complicated, unfortunately. Yeah, that's a little more tragic. Hopefully one day he's uh, well enough to sort of step back into that pool. Because I think, I think fandom yeah. is again ready to accept him back with, with a big, huge fandom hug. Yeah, well, we had that stuff, I think it was this week, um, where that other kid who auditioned for Anakin, there was some story about him, didn't he like write an op-ed or something? I did say something about that, but he's not canon Anakin, so I breezed right by him. 
Yeah, exactly. Oops. I was like, I do not have the energy, the mental energy to give this random guy time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I gave all my coulda, woulda energy to uh, Lucy Lawless last week. And it wasn't a lot of energy to give, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah, really, though. But yeah. Oh, well, let's uh, let's uh, bust into the news here. This big, huge drop of buck news. And this, I mean, this is, I mean, to me, the biggest announcement as far as books go since the High Republic was really fleshed out. Which, what's crazy is, the High Republic is not even a year old. That's true, eh? That's insanity. Doesn't that feel like that's been going on for years now? It <laughs> it does. It like, was Jan- yeah, January of this year was Light of the Jedi. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, that is weird. <laughs> that is yeah. There, that's kind of revelatory. I mean, we, we first heard about it last February, February twenty twenty, and they were supposed to launch in August of last year. So we, and then then when did they announce Project Luminous? That was back in 20, the beginning of 2019 or 2018. Yeah. Oh, man. Was it, could it have been that far back, 2018? I think 2018 was when it started, right? And 2019 was when they announced Project Luminous at SDCC. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it feels like we've had this with us for a while now. Even though we're still in what wave one, phase two. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's check out this this news because this is you know, it, and again, if you're not busy enough with all the High Republic content, like I can't keep up with it. But it doesn't matter. Star Wars don't give us yet. <laughs> Here comes a new truckload of content, all in the first, mostly the first half of 2022 that's going to tie us all up even more and so uh, this is from starwars.com it says starwars.com is thrilled to reveal four new books featuring never before told tales from across the star wars saga star wars shadow of the sith a novel from author adam christopher takes place after star wars return of the jedi and finds luke skywalker and lando calrissian on a mission to locate exegol the novel star wars brotherhood by Mike Chen follows Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker amidst the chaos of the Clone Wars and Skywalker's rise to Jedi Knight. Star Wars Stories of Jedi and Sith, a new middle grade anthology, features adventures from 10 acclaimed authors and the young adult novel Star Wars Padawan by Kirsten White depicts Obi-Wan in his early days as a student of Qui-Gon Jinn. So... Let's 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 take a look at these in Star Wars put them in a weird order I think. Let's look at them in order of their release date. So that would be May 10th, 2022 Brotherhood by Mike Chen. Let's start with that one. That's that that's the Anakin and Obi-Wan story. And like Rick said, how's Rick doing? Is are we ready to find out about that business on Cato Nemoidia. Marie, hi, this has got to be like right at the top of your list for excitement. I well, I'm really excited about it now. Um, so yeah. 
that business on Cato Nimoria doesn't doesn't count. That's <laughs> really super cool. I love when they do stuff like that. And now we get to judge it for ourselves. We'll we'll see. Is Obi Wan right? Does it Is count? It, or does it count? I don't know. That's yeah. going to be that, that. That I mean, that's the big thing coming out of this book is that we get to figure out who's not telling the truth here. Yeah. <laughs> but I do like. Yeah, I saw. I saw someone on Twitter say that they like that. That's like an older reference. Like it goes back a few years. Like it's not a recent event that he's referencing. Like it, and it it was so bad that it still plagues him. Like three years later. And I, I agree. I, I think that's a really cool, really cool idea. What You know what I like about this book yeah. is that it's it's going to be another Detective Kenobi story from the sounds of it. Mm. And it's going to drop. This, this is going to. Marie, are you sitting down? Yes. Okay. This book's going to come out about two weeks before Attack of the Clones turns 20 years old. i know we just went through this with phantom menace so it makes sense that attack of the clones follows but that's around the corner episode two is turning 20 next year man i'm I'm gonna be at celebration for it (laughs) oh that's gonna be pretty wild i mean it is among the most wild star wars films so i would expect that they have a very wild celebration to honor it (laughs) <laughs> like the yeah. way that the COVID delay worked out so that I would be at celebration on the 20th anniversary of attack of the clones. My favorite star Wars movie is perfect. It's like everything, it thing, everything's coming up, Nathan. <laughs> yeah. It sucks that the delay happened, but man, it kind of works out, you know? So Nathan, what do you, what, how, how are you so feeling bad. about this book? Brotherhood? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, on all of these, I think all of these are, they all sound fantastic. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be fun to see Anakin and Obi-Wan, a new story, you know, set in the Clone Wars. Um, but without Ahsoka and the whole new dynamic between him and him and Obi-Wan, Anakin and Obi-Wan trying to navigate this new relationship i think it's i think it's gonna be fantastic i i agree um you know one thing that i saw i thought it was funny on on the time that i spent on social media after the announcement i i and i don't want to overblow it but there, i saw a bunch of people go like oh finally we're getting some anakin and obi-wan story set between episodes two and three and i was like <laughs> wait you are aware that there's seven seasons of Clone Wars, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. I mean, that's kind of mind-blowing to me, but I digress. Uh, I'll, t- I'll take ten more. Years prior, it's the ten years prior to that <sighs> that we need some fill-in. Yeah, like, I'm... Of course, you know, the Clone Wars are so f- so ripe with, with opportunities to tell stories, but I do think that 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 gap where Anakin's much closer to Phantom Menace is mm. also waiting to be explored. There, that's a, yep. that's a whole decade of nothing except for uh, the E.K. Johnston books. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then you have, you know, Anakin basically goes from being discovered to being a Padawan. 
Yeah. So how does that work out? How how does that look? You know, not never being a youngling. Yeah. Well, and I, I always think about that scene in Phantom Menace when Padme finds him cuddled in the corner on the ship. Uh, yeah. Talking about how cold he is. And I just imagine like Obi-Wan coming across him or Yoda coming across Anakin curled up in a corner somewhere in the temple, like missing his mom, you know. Mm. And just like, okay, but, come on, kid, uh, get up. And being completely cold yeah. about it. Just kick him. <laughs> no. Get up, you shitless layabout. Get out of here. Get to, get to class. <laughs> just Qui-Gon voice. Anakin, Anakin. <laughs> Mr. Yeah, Strickland no, I, comes I, running yeah. around. Slacker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Oh, now I'm thinking of Coach Hines at the Jedi Temple. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, I mean, this is this is fairly new, you know, to canon to the canon timeline. Uh, this period, uh, and I mean, it's kind of exciting that we're probably going to see Anakin get a scar. <laughs> That's never been explored, right? Not that I, I don't think so. Not in canon, anyway. Yeah, I don't. I can't remember anything. Yeah, Clone War starts and he has it. So interesting. So, do we know that? I guess this really is at the start of Clone Wars because I mean, it's it's got to be before the Clone Wars movie, even. Yeah, yeah, I think so. There, there is mention in the synopsis of Anakin showing up to Catanamoidia against obi-wan's orders surprise but he's got some sort of youngling in tow yeah and i'm like who is this conflicted youngling Mm -hmm. for for one second i'm like are they is this ahsoka but no it 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 couldn't be no i don't think so and she was she was a padawan by that point so it really interesting i I think content that sort of highlights the cracks in obi-wan and anakin's relationship is is really worth exploring now that the kenobi show is around the corner um you know the resentment that that anakin has towards obi-wan after his mother's death like he never really got over that and though he sort of like pushed those feelings down and they had their 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 moments together it never really got fixed and it just made like it, it sort of prepared the battleground for episode three. So I, I, I want to see sort of the, the rift almost like a passive aggressive rift growing between the two. So I, yeah. I think, you know, I don't know Mike Chen as a writer, but I, I want to see how, how deft he is at, at yeah. write, writing this conflict between the two. That is probably more unspoken than spoken. So I'm really looking forward mm-hmm. to that. But I, yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna. I, I'm not patting myself on the back, but we all were expecting some kind of Kenobi story to sh- come around, come out with with the the show coming to Disney Plus next year. Yeah, we had to know that some sort of Kenobi centric story was coming out, and it just makes sense. You know, I don't know that this book will sync up with the show in any way. I highly doubt that. But it does make sense to to put emphasis on these characters so that when we see them, you know, standing across from each other on the screen in, in the Kenobi show, we can still 
we have a refresher and we can really feel the full weight uh, of their shared history together before they before the rematch of the century yeah, yeah. no uh, mike chan had a uh, great twitter thread uh the day that this was announced or, or the next day i can't remember for sure but i mean his excitement is infectious and and reading that twitter thread definitely got me excited for this book well, he, uh, Adam Christopher, he started the day off, right? Like, so I, I got online once, once I, I, I got into the office, I just sort of fired up the uh, Tumbling Saber Facebook group. And Nathan, you had posted that, uh, a screen cap of Adam Christopher's tweet. Yeah. And I was like, Ooh, what is this? What could this be? I mean, it's obviously some sort of Kenobi book, but I wonder what it was. And, and we have to sort of stop for a second. And just say, this is the guy who was writing the original Mandalorian book, wasn't he? Adam Christopher. Adam Christopher, yeah. 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 And then he was pulled off the book, I guess, once they decided to really do the Mandalorian universe on, on Disney+. Plus. He was pulled off the book mm-hmm. and told that he would get something else. And I guess this is the something else, which is not a bad consolation prize, really. Well, you mean, yeah, Star Wars Shadow of the Sith? Uh, no, uh... Oh, great. Yeah, no, we're still... Yeah, I jumped ahead. I got it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> we're still on Mike Chen. Yeah, we're still on Mike Chen. I got my authors mixed up here. Okay, so let's Okay, so let's move into Shadow of the Sith. Bye. Well, real quick, real quick. I do want to say something about Brotherhood. Um, or about Mike Chen in particular. So, he wrote the short story Disturbance in the From mm. a Certain Point of View Empire Strikes Back anthology. And that story was flipping incredible. It mm. was it was basically Sidious having visions of Luke and Anakin, like having an empire. And it was dark and spooky and had different, um, like some really interesting takes on the dark side. So I'm a little surprised he's not writing Shadow of the Sith. Mm. You want? I, I I wish I knew how certain authors got certain books. Like I, I I don't know if it's sometimes they pitch Lucasfilm or if Lucasfilm has an idea and then goes shopping for an author. I'm sure it's a little bit of everything, but yeah, that sounds like that would be something he'd want. Well, I think <clears throat> I think Del Rey. You know, Del Rey would be familiar with these these authors' other work outside of star wars as well so i guess a project comes up and they say well this is the kind of book we want to do we're gonna tackle this time period with these characters um who do we think would be good good for this and then they'll go through their roster and then also through i guess their prospective writers who they will you know plan to approach in the future and uh and base their choice on that but uh I guess it, it yeah, does. Yeah, I mean, it... go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say ahead. it's it sort of kind of lends some credence to the idea that these um, uh, the, the from a certain point of view books are almost like a bit of a farm team kind of approach where they yeah. get all kinds of talent into the pool and they see which yeah. which stories turned out best or had the best response or the you know what kind of experience they had working with, with particular authors. And then from that, all right, cool, man. How would you like to do a full length novel? Cool. Yeah. 
That's a good approach. Yeah. yeah All three of these authors had short stories in either the ESB one or the A New Hope one. Yeah. Cool. I, I have to say, though, part of this, just if you just give me a minute here to kind of go through the way that I see this, like I'm trying to put this puzzle together. And it's, first of all, this is just a funny little thing is that I love the idea that maybe Anakin gets his scar during this story on Caden Nemoidia. So that every time that Obi-Wan looks at him, he's reminded <laughs> of the time that Anakin had to save his life. <laughs> and got totally and also, disfigured for it. Yeah. And you know that Anakin would hang that over him for for quite a while. Uh, <laughs> but also, uh, it's also worth noting that Asajj Ventress is in this story. Yes. Oh, yeah. So we're going to get the probably the origin of the um, flirtation between Obi-Wan and Ventress. Uh, but I also think it's interesting that, uh, you know, Ventress is involved in the story and is the villain in this story that gets Obi-Wan into such deep trouble that Anakin has to bail him out. I think that's... I think the way that those character dynamics, that's going to affect the character dynamics when we go back to things like the Clone Wars. I think that's going to be really interesting. Yeah, no, that's a great call. I, I, I remember seeing her name pop up and I'm like, yes, finally. I, I, she's such a great character. Yep. Absolutely. And she, she translates really well into novels, like thinking about yeah. uh, Dark Disciple. She works really well in, on the written page. She did, and man, did uh, who wrote that book? Uh, Christy Golden. Yeah, like, like she made almost made people like have those funny feelings about about Asajj Ventress. Like they, she really yeah. wrote her up. Yeah, well, and I think that's a credit also to Nika Futterman, who you know is such a such an icon. Um, you know, I think she gave Ventress such a voice that. Yeah, it just lives in everybody's head who has seen Clone Wars. So I think going into that book, it's very easy to uh, sort of hear Ventress in your head. Yeah, yeah, she's it's a it's a one of a kind voice, no doubt. Yeah, much easier than Quinlan Voss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move ahead here to uh, Shadow of the Sith. I kind of jumped the gun a few minutes ago, but Shadow of the Sith by Adam Christopher. This is coming out from Delray Press on June 28th of next year. And this is the guy who was writing the original Mando novel, which I was super amped about, and then it went away. So this is his consolation yeah. prize. And um, I guess, I guess by the, like, again, that tweet that he threw out on Thursday, and it had a gif of Obi-Wan, it may have led you to believe that he was doing a Kenobi book of some kind. But instead, he's doing something really interesting in that it's the it's the first legitimate uh, yeah, it really is. It's the first legitimate dive into the post Return of the Jedi era in print since the the conclusion of the Skywalker saga. So how do we feel, Marie? How do you feel about the adventures of Luke, Lando, Ochi, and Exegol? Ah. <laughs> That's how I feel. 
I'm so excited about this book. Like, oh my goodness. First off, I love that it seems like it's going to be as much about Luke and Lando as about Ochi. Because Ochi in the freaking comic books is hysterical. And... (laughs) Like, I really hope that they carry over that personality and don't just make him this cold stone killer because he's actually not. And I, I mean, obviously he's an assassin. He is a killer, but his personality is just so funny. So I really hope that carries over. Um, But even, even if it doesn't, I've, I've wanted this story. I am all for more about Exegol and and finding it, the whole mission to find it that ends on Pasana. So I I mean you know how I feel about Rise of Skywalker. I think it's fantastic. So I'm down for this. Well, I think this is one we need. Yeah. I think I think we need the context that this book will give us. And on the topic of Ochi. As I, you know, when we get him in the movie and he's this really creepy looking guy with like buttons for eyes and he's got this little creepy little mouth and he like, of course you don't hear him speak, but you get the sense he's almost like this silent, creepy killer type. But in the comics, I almost see him as like the Deadpool of Star Wars comics. (laughs) He he doesn't shut up. He doesn't shut up. And it's all snark (laughs) and it's all like... He's, he's like a huge Vader bootlicker because he knows that Vader could kick his ass at, at at any given moment. Yeah. But he's, he's, he's like you said, he just, he doesn't shut up and it's just total jokes from the guy all the time. It, so I had a hard time for a while connecting comic Ochi with uh, movie Ochi. Yeah. And, and even yeah. like o- movie Ochi, again, he was just this creepy little thing, but in the comics, he's like he's spry and he's got this very Star Warsy mask. So it's I guess you'll have a you'll have this is his voice for for print projects, I guess. And but I'm I'm glad and Nathan, I'm going to come to you in just a sec. But I'm <laughs> glad that they're exploring this era in print. I I I think novels are the perfect avenue for the TFA Return of the Jedi gap and. You know, I I don't want in a you know Lucasfilm is you know obviously owned by Disney. They have tons of money, but it's not like this bottomless pit of resources. And so I don't want to necessarily invest energy and time for screen projects for this era. And you know, I, I I just I wish all those resources go to new stuff. And if us junkies want to fill in the gaps of the Skywalker saga. Do it in print here. So that, that's that's something I'm super happy about. So Nathan, what do you think of this uh, of this story? Well, I mean, I think it's... Uh, I mean, listen, despite my feelings on <laughs> Rise of Skywalker, it's part of the story. And, you know, we've all got to live with it. <laughs> so... I mean, is this stuff that has to be filled in? Uh, this is these are the questions that we had before Rise of Skywalker came out. What happened in that period? What was Luke up to? What were what were all of our heroes up to in this period? How did we get to the Force Awakens? 
and we've had very little. We've had Rise of Kylo Ren, which, you know, mixed results. Uh, and we've had uh, Bloodline, fantastic results. We've had the Poe Dammer comic, fantastic. You know, it, but, but ultimately, like, compared to other eras, we've had very little. So it, this is the stuff that needs to be explored right now. Uh, I mean, we've got more... We've got more High Republic content than we do for <laughs> the era between, you know, between six and seven. Yeah. So yeah, that's it's true. It's about time. But uh, and like we were just saying, that just started in January, and now we here we are six years in since uh, TFA almost, and still not a whole lot of filled in. And the thing about this. Uh, this book that I find interesting is that it's still, this is still 20 years after Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Right? Or nearly. It says nearly, nearly two decades. decades. Yeah. Yeah. Two, two so decades still- on from the Battle of Endor, I think is, oh no. Um, and no, on, so here's, I think there's a disconnect here. I think the synopsis says two decades on from the Battle of Endor. And then on Twitter, yeah. Adam Christopher revealed three things about the book that he said, I don't think these will get me in trouble. So he revealed three things. The most important of which for, for us junkies is that it's 21 years ABY oh. after the battle of Yavin. So that makes about 17 15. years or so after yeah, battle of but, Endor. Yeah. So whatever, maybe, maybe the synopsis is rounding. It's you know putting 17 in a synopsis is kind of goofy, but <laughs> yeah, but I'm so I, I like you, Nathan, I am happy to see that they are jumping that far like that's right in the middle of it and they're not like all the other content sort of sticks close to jedi or cuts really close to tfa so i like that they're backing up and just parking right in the middle of it and and Mm -hmm. digging down into some of the stuff that leads into uh, episode seven this is gonna be cool yeah i will say this gave me a bit of whiplash because I imagine that, uh, you know, Luke and Lando's adventures in the galaxy were within the first few years after uh, return of the Jedi. You know, I figured that was stuff they were doing before Luke established the, uh, the Academy. Yeah. And, you know, like it, they would have, you know, run across Lore Santeca and eventually Lando would have gone on to do his own thing. And then it would be Luke and, and lore out in the galaxy exploring. Um, so yeah, I mean, this still isn't the era that I want explored, right? I'd rather they start at the beginning. Like what was Luke doing after the battle of Jakku? What was he doing? You know, what was, what was the process of, of Leia and Han deciding that Ben had to go with Luke. Like where, like that's the, the meat that I want. Yeah. I'm not saying that I'm not excited for this story. Um, it's just it, first of the first thing is I have to get used to uh, this new timeline. That's different from the one I had in my head. And secondly, it's, it's still, it's still a little late for me. Uh, and eventually this would have to be fleshed out like we like we said but it's not what i'm most interested in reading about <laughs> in I, that era i wonder like they're not my biggest questions yeah i mean there is a ton to talk about in this era and what's interesting about mm-hmm. this particular story being set where it is 
is that all of this, all the seismic stuff, like Han and Leia breaking up and uh, Ben going off and he's, he may, is he with Snoke by this point? He may be. I don't think so because no, he wouldn't be because uh, Bloodline is 23 years after Return of the Jedi. Okay. Wait, it because Bloodline is seven years before TFA, right? Uh, huh. That's always been my understanding. Yeah, Bloodline was. I, yeah, I think that's correct. Seven years before TFA. That's basically the way I remember it too. Yeah. But it's I, this could give us a window into sort of. Luke's perspective on what's going on with Ben, like he might already he might reveal to Lando that mm, my nephew's at the academy and I left him in charge, but uh, he's kind of like this. It's a test for him because he's kind of sure he's been kind of iffy lately, and I don't know what's up with him. But I'm I'm hoping putting him in charge of the academy for a couple weeks while we chase this uh, Ochi goofball is is going to set him straight. Or you, sure. you can see the two of them having a chat about the fallout between Han and Leia. So there yeah, could be a window yeah. well, into a and, lot of that and, stuff. And Ben is Lando's nephew, essentially, right? Like, what was the in aftermath? There was the interlude where he <laughs> Uncle was going to give Ben... Yeah, he was going to give Ben the, uh, a blaster, a blaster pistol. And it's the one that he has... Oh, no. that's No, never mind. Wrong story. <laughs> So yeah, this but yeah, it's uh, Exegol is. I have to say, Exegol is not at the top of my list of things of stories I want to be told. I want the Ben. I want the Han and Leia. I want the Luke out finding um, Palpatine's artifact caches. You know, mm. like I. To me, Luke knowing about Exegol is it's totally counterintuitive to me. <laughs> Yeah, you would think that Luke would, once he knew about it, he would stop at nothing to find it. Yeah. Like there but was... then there's Vader knowing about Exegol. Yeah. And <laughs> that, and nobody that's does anything, a little... Really. I mean, don't get me wrong. When it comes to Exegol, I am all for it. Like, I want to know everything about that place. But the, but it is interesting, these characters knowing about it and not doing anything with that knowledge. Yeah, like, I, I'm interested to see how, how close Luke and Lando came to, you know, setting foot on Exegol, getting that close to it, and... Um, I have to think that this book will help make sense of, of um, Palpatine's plans uh, to some degree, and you know, and you know, where, where Rise of Skywalker maybe didn't uh, flesh it out well enough for everybody. I think this book could, I, I guess, go a long way in uh, fixing fixing that for us. But yeah, it's it's you know, when you think about something like Rebels. When you know uh, you had the Geonosian bug, you know, click clack, 
mm-hmm. when he's drawing the Death Star in the dirt for for Ezra and Kanan, and they're all like, "What? What? Is, he's drawing an egg? Okay." Yep. And he's like, "No, you idiots! Like they're playing. <laughs> what's that? They're playing charades or or picked uh, Pictionary or something." He's drawing yeah. the Death Star in the dirt, and they're just like, "What? Is that an olive? Is that a tomato? What are we looking <laughs> at here? I don't get it." And like, it's 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 a couple of occasions where they get so close to ruining everything for Palpatine and they just don't do it. <laughs> and it's the same thing here where Luke and Lando might get close to Exegol, but not close enough. Right. And then there's, there's the whole a- angle of the story of, of Lando and his lost daughter, which that, oh man, that feels like such a clumsily handled situation. Where like you're you're led to believe it is Janna, but then it wasn't, and then this book said it was, but uh, who cares about that book and what it says? Like, ugh, I don't know. We'll see what happens, but it, it also feels really sad that you know one of, one of the 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 bigger heroes of the rebellion had his daughter ripped away from him and never gets her back, unless that's a story yeah. to be told maybe in the upcoming disney plus Lando show series. they do that yeah but it feels really sad that lando mm. doesn't get his daughter back yeah so we're only going to get the, the the heartbreak of that equation it's a good point so that's kind of sad yeah maybe she ran off with ochi <laughs> uh, no no uh, Imagine if, yeah, well, it would be a very Star Wars thing to not have it be as as easy as it seems, right? And she well, would be I think Calrissian. it'd be kind of interesting. I think it'd be kind of interesting if Lando's daughter became like a Sith cultist, like part of the Sith Eternal. Again, like she is a Calrissian. They do shifty things. Well. <laughs> you can't pin those people down. No. But man, remember in Aftermath, all of that crazy stuff in the interludes with like, what was it? The Vader, like the Vader cultists and stuff. Yeah. The Dark Beyond or whatever they were. The Acolytes of the Beyond. Yeah. 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 Like nothing ever happened with any of that stuff. No, there was so much tantalizing stuff. This is what I'm saying. Like that post uh, Battle of Jakku galaxy is so rich for storytelling. There's so much you could do there. and they're not touching it. Yeah, I th- I thought you know reading those interludes in the uh, the Chuck Wendig trilogy, I thought I'm like, okay, this is like the roadmap for stuff that we're gonna learn in the years to come. And yep, we've yep. the the, the I'm actually you know what I'll give the, I'll give Lucas some credit. We have revisited the Amaxine Warriors. That's yes. true. That's <laughs> we true. did get that to some. Degree. I think that's thanks to. I think that's thanks to Claudia Gray more than anybody else. Yeah, they've she what? introduced them in Bloodline, Bloodline and then brought them back for um, Into the Dark. Right. Yeah. But and, uh, and like, and, but who knows? Maybe Accolades of the Beyond because I mean we've got Cobb Vanth and Mandalorian. Yeah. Maybe we'll get Accolades of the Beyond in the Ahsoka show. You know. Yeah, I guess there's yeah there's still time to save it. But like who who better to tear down the accolades of the beyond the Vader cult than Darth Vader's former apprentice? Oh, you know? if not for that blue skinned 
jerk. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it could be more than one. There could be multiple seasons. Maybe, maybe uh, Ahsoka and Ezra. That's an adventure for them down the road. I mean, if if there was ever you know a, a season two of Ahsoka where it was sort of it it was you know uh, Ahsoka, Sabine, and Ezra as a as a trio, I I think I would ascend to a, to a checking him with hair. Checking in with Hera. That would just—I mean, that's that's it, right? <laughs> that would be just the most amazing stuff. Yeah, we need live-action Hera. We need live-action Hera. Like it's got to happen. But <laughs> you know, you know, it, it, I don't think that Filoni's <laughs> going to let Ahsoka sit at one season. <laughs> you know. Well, I, yeah. I you know. It, I think you can make the case that she's probably or quite possibly the most popular character of the last, well, since, since 2014. She's for sure become a pillar of the franchise. That's, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. In a very, a relatively short time. Yeah. Like she's one character that you mentioned her and everybody sits up because business is about to pick up when Ahsoka steps into the picture. And that's a yep. lot of work that this character is, or a lot of work that's gone into this character in not that much time. You know, from, yeah. from the minute that we speculated that, you know, she was coming back as Fulcrum, she's been a yeah. scene stealer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Look at this. She's she's upended the podcast here. I'm ready to talk about Ahsoka. <laughs> Forget all these books. I'm ready to talk about Ahsoka. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to learn from Adam Christopher about the, the the split between, or at least the split between Lando and his daughter, and Luke and Exegol, and the Palpatine of, of it all, hopefully. We'll see where that takes us. Um, but again, like you said, Nathan, that they won't or haven't yet touched that first part with, uh, with Ben being sent off to Luke. And Luke exploring the galaxy. Remember that that panel in oh, what comic is it? Might Rise be, of Kaloran. I think it was maybe the second volume of Darth Vader. Oh, okay. Where Luke discovers uh, a hidden library. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on that one that um, Loden and Bell are on, right? Isn't that the not that one? The planet. The rock planet. I can't remember what it's called offhand. Elfrona, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, I think no, that was I think that was Rise of, Rise of Kylo Ren, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. Well, but there was another High Republic temple where they saw the Grand Inquisitor, the ghost of the Grand Inquisitor, and that kind of thing. I got. I'll have to dig it back up. But yeah, there's that that one panel yeah. where Luke sort of he un, he finds Joe Casta New's secret library on some planet. Yeah. Oh, right. 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 And yeah. it's like, oh, that's the this is the Luke story I want. I want that. Pick up a comic book from that panel and see what Luke's doing right there. That kind of stuff. Or, or the Luke level in uh, in Battlefront Two. Exactly. Just where he's him. fighting where he's fighting through the bugs and he's trying to get to one of Palpatine's vaults. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's yeah. He's yeah. almost Indiana Jonesing it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's, let's. Well, because I mean, Luke is so self-taught. He he has yeah. no choice but to seek this stuff out himself. You know. 
that's exactly. I, I love that meme that's been going around <laughs> with uh, when Luke is is uh, with Anakin as Anakin's dying on the on the second Death Star, and they're just you know father son <laughs> having a moment, but <laughs> Vader doesn't tell him about Exegol. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, before I die, there's a planet called Exegol. You might want to go check it out. <laughs> future future <laughs> problems lie there. Yeah. Well, the last thing I'll say about this book, though, is that I hope in this story that little Muppet from Pasana is with them. <laughs> Colony? Yeah. The okay. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, if, if Kalani shows up, I am all in. Yep. Yep. <laughs> all right, let's check in with Stories of Jedi and Sith. This is edited together by Jennifer Heddle. And it's coming out from Disney Lucasfilm Press, June 7th of next year. And a long roster of contributing authors, some of which everybody will recognize off the bat, and others maybe not. But you guys are here to help me kind of reintroduce some of these people. So Roseanne A. Brown, uh, Sarwat Chada, Delilah S. Dawson, Tessa Grattan, Michael Coggy, or Kogi? I don't know, I'm sorry. Uh, Sam Maggs, Michael Marici, Marisi. Alex Segura, Vera Strange, Karen Strong, with illustrations by Jake Bartok. So I recognize four names there, but there's probably a lot of Star Wars experience there that I'm just not recognizing off the hop. From what I discovered, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them that have Star Wars connections. Mm. There you go. Yeah, I recognize, obviously, Delilah Dawson, uh, Michael Morisi, friend of the podcast, <laughs> Alex Segura, who wrote the book that I still haven't read. It's so good. It hurts me. It's so good. And uh, and Sam Maggs. But, uh, Didn't Michael Coggy write something, too? He's in, that, I, I recognize that name from somewhere. He yeah. did yep. Star Wars Insider role-playing games and the rebels chapter book adaptations all right maybe okay. i just saw his name out there in the ether and it just stuck so he's done a lot of different things um just nothing uh, I'm, I'm not sure what it was that he did in star wars insider but yeah, yeah, and then Sarwat Chada did Standard Imperial Procedure from From a Certain Point of View, ESB. And Karen Strong did Into the Clouds from the same anthology. Yeah. Sam Maggs is a writer on the Knights of the Old Republic remake. Oh. Cool. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. It's funny. Yeah, cool. I, 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 I was I was just um, earlier in the week. I was I'm like, where's Delilah S. Dawson? Where's Rick? By the way, is he yeah. okay? We, we got to check in on Rick. Anybody, anybody heard heard from Rick? <laughs> um, we did hear from him earlier today, but very briefly. I, I'm I'm concerned. I hope he's okay. But I I was earlier in the week. I'm like, where's where is Delilah S. Dawson? She's not been involved with Star Wars from what I can tell for the, since her Phasma novel, or no, sorry, since the uh, Galaxy's Edge novel came out yeah. a couple years yeah. ago. She's been very quiet, but she's back, which is good because I I do enjoy her writing. 
I was thinking about Cardinal yesterday. I'm thinking about how how he got done dirty by the Sith Troopers. Like he was the Red Trooper, you know. <laughs> and then they had to bring in those Sith Troopers and like totally stole his thunder, man. They did. Yeah, he's the OG yeah. Red Trooper. Yeah. Then again, you got the Royal Royal Guards who might also argue, but they're very quiet, so they won't mount much of an argument. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so some there's some interesting characters being dealt with in these stories. And I, I you know, I do love these anthology style books. Like the, the Clone Wars version was great, but it sounds like mm-hmm. these are going to be original stories instead of like retellings from another point yeah. of view. I, I like that yeah, even Kyle, more. Kyle, do you have the list of the characters that they're writing? Because it's weird that they didn't include that in the article. They I... included four. Yeah, but there was a list, a full list floating. Oh, around. I don't okay. remember where I saw that. Yeah, I don't remember anymore either. But yeah, there was. I mean, there's some cool. Ca- I know that. Uh, well, in the in the uh, synopsis, we're getting Luke and Darth, uh, Kenobi, of mm-hmm. course, Asajj Ventress. And somewhere in there, uh, was it Karen Strong was writing Barris Offie? Oh, I think, right. yeah, I saw that on that list you're talking about. Yeah. I think I posted that list now that I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's exciting, especially on the Barris Offie front, because we've been waiting. Yeah. And if I, yeah. like, you know if I like to apply my sliding scale of logic to my, my own arguments, if I think a Kenobi story is coming out in support of uh, the show, I can hope that a Barris Offie story is coming out in support of a future appearance that she might make in live action. That's my hope. Mm-hmm. That is my sincere hope because that character is just, we really would love to see the wrap up of her story with Ahsoka. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Here it is. Barris watch on Twitter posted the list from uh, <laughs> Disneybooks.com. So yeah, Roseanne Brown is writing Ray. Uh, Sarwat Chada is writing Obi-Wan and Anakin. Delilah Dawson is writing Ventress. Yes. Tessa Gratton is writing Palpatine. Michael Kagi is writing yoga. Yo- yoga. Yoga. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Sam Mags is writing Luke, which is interesting considering what project she's working on. Michael Marisi writes Darth Maul, Ooh. which I think is fantastic. Hopefully he'll give it that horror bent. Um, cool. Alex Segura is writing Qui-Gon, which, I mean, I love a Qui-Gon story. Vera Strange is writing Vader, and Karen Strong is writing Barris. yep. Okay. And it's a big fat 352 pages. So it's, you know, they're not, yeah. oof, you know, we're not getting a, a, a chintzy little, you know, 150 page book where it's three page short stories. Like we're going to get a, a good look into these characters. Yeah. And some interesting names. Like, again, we talked about Barris, but I really hope I'll, I'll get down and pray. <laughs> you know, we talked about are you religious no not really but i will pray right now <laughs> if we can get a, a race story that isn't you know set between episodes eight and nine like can we can we does yeah. it have to be set can we just get something like revelatory with the character 
I yeah, hope that'd I, be great. Yeah. I'll I'll settle for where she goes and finds her yellow crystal. I'll take that story. I just don't want that'd it. That'd be cool. Exactly. You know, I, I remember the uh Resistance Rising, is that what it's called? Uh Resistance Reborn. Yeah. Like she wasn't into that book in that book very much, but she like she was no like we got nothing from Ray in that book. <laughs> and I hope there's She was just pissed off the whole time. That's true. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, she was basically being a bookworm a little bit. I, I hope it. I hope we get a, a good race story. We need a good, solid race story. And yeah. I hope it's. In a way, I kind of hope it's when she's really young. And maybe ties into the. Uh, the the uh, Adam Christopher book. In some strange yeah. way. Maybe they can make her not a Mary Sue anymore. Oh, man. Explain why she's so powerful. <laughs> and then, of course... Oyel Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> and like you, said, like you said, Nathan, uh, getting a Qui-Gon Jinn story, that's, that is also good news. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's really interesting that... Uh, there's no High Republic stuff here that we know of, anyway. True. I, I wonder mean, if it's like you know. For all we know, hands for all off. we know, the Luke story could be him digging through a High Republic temple, or you know, who knows? But uh, you you know, you'd think that there'd be something there. Avar Chris story, or an Elzar Man story, or ooh, Elzar Man, that'd be a good story. Mm-hmm. I guess they could. I guess that's a self-contained thing, and if they can't get one of the the five authors to come and handle that, nobody can. Oh, it's not a self-contained thing. <laughs> High Republic's popping up everywhere. I suppose, but yeah, I mean, you know what I mean, though. Like, yeah, yeah, it's all handled by the same authors. Yeah. So that and Marie, what's what's popping out to you here? Stories of Jedi and Sith. Well, my question is, what is a spot illustration? Uh, it's it's like a. Remember the um, what books were they? I think it was like um, Weapon of a Jedi. You know that art, where it's like gray and grayscale, but with like one color. Okay. I think that's okay. what they're going for. And Jake Bartok, uh, I just Googled him for the first mm. time, actually. And he does a lot of that, um, like, translating Star Wars characters into, like, medieval, like, knights and stuff like that. That's cool. It's interesting stuff. Like, Obi-Wan Kenobi has a classic medieval knight. Captain Phasma with a big battle axe. Like, it's pretty cool stuff. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he's a good artist. Yeah. I think I, I believe I follow him on Instagram. He's he's pretty mm. damn cool. So that's going to be a good story to pick up. I, I do enjoy sort of jumping around in these stories. You don't get trapped in a certain story for too too long. Uh, and yeah. then to wrap it up, oh no, so Marie, I didn't get. Did we? I think I asked you a question and didn't get your answer. Yeah. So I <laughs> I because I had a question. Um, I no, I'm excited about it. I did really enjoy the Clone Wars anthology. I thought that was really good, but there were times when I was like, "Well, darn, don't tell me the same story again." So, I am excited that it's 
looks like it's going to be all original stories. Um, and I, I don't know. I think when it comes to short stories, I would rather short stories delve into characters that I don't know. And like, like the, from a certain point of view, I really, really enjoy those because they talk about minor, minor characters and save the big characters for novels. Mm-hmm. That, I don't that know. Makes sense. Uh, it makes total sense. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, give me a Master Sanube story. You know? Yes, exactly. Didn't I see his name in a in a higher public story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a young yeah. guy. I guess he it... shows up right at the end of um, Rising Storm, doesn't he? No, it must it... be before. I mean, if that I can't remember. I guess, like I said, I'm I'm only a third of the way through that book, and I feel like that has to be the place where I saw his name pop up. Yeah, he it's it's earlier in the book just because I'm I'm going through it right now writing my review. Oh. Um but it, it does mention him and says that he's young, which is yeah, funny it, because when we see him <laughs> in the Clone Wars, he's really old. Yeah, walking yeah, around with yeah. a cane. He's off. He's uh he's stationed at a um a Jedi outpost somewhere. Yes. And he like calms in at some at one point. Very cool. Um, yeah, this book but, is, is very, very exciting. Uh, and then lastly, Padawan by Kirsten White coming out July 26th of next year. And I'm just looking at this book. It's it's a another Obi-Wan Qui-Gon story. And it's to me, it's the spiritual successor to Master and Apprentice. Or precursor. Or pre- <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's the next. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a book that comes out later, but the story is set before. Yeah. And so this is a an even younger Obi-Wan. This is well before Phantom Menace from the sounds of it. Yeah. Just struggling to live up to Qui-Gon's expectations. This sounds really cool. Uh, I got to think that this book in some way, I, or my hope is that it, it some, in some way indirectly ties into High Republic. That's what I would love to see them do. Just to connect mm-hmm. Qui-Gon to High Republic Jedi would be really awesome to me. Well, we could even get more uh, Qui-Gon and Dooku if it's going back that far, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because, I mean, Master Apprentice, wasn't that That was like seven years before The Phantom Menace, wasn't it? Was it that like, far? Like, that was a good, that was a good long while before Phantom Menace, I feel. It's been so, it yeah, feels like it's been wrong, so long. But, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I don't know. I, the way I feel about this is kind. Of, I kind of feel a little frustrated by it. The same way that I was frustrated with the uh, um, the Padme trilogy, in mm. that why are they doing these out of order? <laughs> <laughs> it is weird, right? isn't it? it it's just feels so regressive to be going back to like after Master and Apprentice to going back to when Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon were still struggling to make a connection, you know, it's like, haven't we moved beyond this? Like, I, yeah, I do agree. I wish they would start at the beginning and then plow their Mm -hmm. way through it. It's, it is kind of weird to keep 
reverse engineering the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. It says uh, Master and Apprentice was eight years before eight Phantom years. Menace. Yeah, I know. I was I was surprised. I remember being surprised by how early it was. It was set. So that would make Obi-Wan about 17 or 18 or so. Mm-hmm. And at least it feels like this book is even before that. So this could be like a 14, 15 year old Obi-Wan. Well, it, uh, it, it seems like this, like Obi-Wan is fresh out of uh, Yoda's class, you know, like I imagine he's pretty young. Well, he falls in with a group of teenagers. Okay, so yeah, I guess he's 12, 13, but I think that's that's generally around the age that most Padawans get a master, right? Yeah, you would think. Yeah, yeah, because, like, Ahsoka was... 14. 14, and they considered yeah. her to be really young. Hmm. So I don't know. And then in comes Vernestra, wrote to upset everything, and she's a Jedi Knight by the time she's 15. And, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Lucasfilm doesn't care about Star Wars. <laughs> oh, me. Well, only know that's true if JJ comes back. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if JJ has still any sort of, like... Uh, you know, if if we ever get to like the next Ray Finn Poe stories, if JJ does own some sort of stake in the character where no future stories get told without him being a part of it in some way. Well, I mean, that's the case for, you know, the comics and stuff, because they had to sign. He had to sign off on God, that three PO one shot back in 2016. <gasps> Remember how delayed that was? Who was that written by? Was that by, like um, Robinson? Wasn't it? Uh, uh, who was that written by? But it was it kept being delayed. Like it was supposed to come out before the movie, I think, or just after, and it was pushed back till like May or June or something. Just because oh, they JJ. were waiting for JJ to sign off, and I think he had to sign off and rise to Kylo Ren, which is a little less surprising. But the fact that he has last sign off on these things is is interesting yeah that's weird but uh bad robot man (laughs) 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 sounds like a wild place oh yeah so this padawan story if i you know if one book had to be the one i was least excited for it would be this one it just it's 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 got the least amount of of pull for me at this point and it's just because yeah. the other ones promised to tackle some really cool eras and, and characters. Right. Yeah. I would, this just feels like trodden ground, you know? Like, Yeah, I got the Qui-Gon Obi-Wan story I was hoping for with uh, Master and Apprentice. And this feels like it would be, it'll, it'll be a little bit of like, it'll almost feel like the way that, uh, what's the first Justina Ireland book? From High Republic, mm. uh, out of the um, shadows? No, no, um, into the dark. No, no, Claudia no. Gray. That's Claudia Gray. It's um, the one with Vernestra. Yeah. Um, I, test of courage. Yeah. Test of courage. On the S. Yes, yeah. Test, test of courage. courage. 
it feels like this book might have that sort of bent to it. Mm-hmm. And that book wasn't my favorite, so I don't know. I, I will, this is a wait and see for me. Why you didn't like Master Douglas? <laughs> <laughs> of all Master the really, Douglas. really dumb names in Star Wars, like I can live with Therm Scissor Punch, and I can, I can roll with. Uh, God, any of those cantina denizens. I can live with all their stupid names. Master Douglas. <laughs> I think the problem is, is that it's not weird enough. It's like in this weird gray area <laughs> where it's like, it's super weird because it's so normal. <laughs> yeah. That's what, that's what makes it so weird. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's such a regular human name. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It's so bizarre. Yeah. Um, my my thoughts on uh, Padawan. I think. Yeah. Okay. So it's interesting how it starts off, and you think it's going to be about Obi Wan and Qui Gon, and then it looks like most of the book is just Obi Wan. And yeah. does that like yeah he's interacting with this group of teenagers with no adult supervision but is is most of the book going to be him reflecting and contemplating that's a good point i'm re- mm. now i'm rethinking the sort of the synopsis here in light of what you just said you're right like it, it sounds like the first part of the book will be qui-gon sort of coming down hard on obi-wan and Obi-Wan deciding what he wants to be, and then, you know, flying off on his own, running into these teenagers, and then, I guess, you know, Qui-Gon's the angel on one shoulder, and these teens are the devil on the other. Uh-huh. And he's, oh, these kids are having so much fun. Can I join them? Ah, but, uh, boy, I got, I, got, I, got a, I got a job to do. I guess it could be interesting from that perspective. A lot of conflict internal conflict and just as obi-wan gets sorted out returns to coruscant gets back in the good books with his master they go to mandalore and he meets satine (laughs) yeah doesn't this sound a lot like mortis like they go to a lush mysterious planet encounter a bunch of force wielders and like are really skeptical of them and yeah, like a lot of tests and that kind of thing. Like it sounds really mortisy to me. It's yeah, that, I, yeah. Wouldn't that be wild? Yeah, and these yeah, for, um, force using teenagers that who are not part of the Jedi Order. It'd be interesting to see if if Obi Wan is like, oh, dude, there's a whole planet of kids over there who should be here, or is he like, yeah, ah, you know what? I don't need to rope them into this. They're, they they were happy yeah. on their own. I'm not going to... Yeah. I don't need yeah. to bring them in. It kind of reminds me of that comic with the the kids with stone power. Oh, yeah. Was that like the Yoda arc of the Aaron run? I think so. Like, that was his last arc, and it was like... <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. <laughs> mercifully that was the end of it <laughs> oh geez. yeah i mean i like the beginning of his run 
as yeah. controversial as it was where he had Luke and Vader fight like I in issue two. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I liked his run for the most part, but I was very happy when Gillen took over. Yeah, it felt like Aaron had just sort of run out of ideas for Star Wars. Yeah. And then Gillen comes in with the ashes of Jedha and it's like, oh, oh hell, hell yeah. That was so good. <laughs> and Saw's so partisans good. are like the anti. Oh, it's so good. That, yeah. that planet was way more wrecked than I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah, really, though. Yeah, it was. But, but uh, people still lived there. Somehow, yeah, the planet's cult, cracked cult in two, death. but they're still there. <laughs> death, death cultists. <laughs> the only people who live there are like oil executives. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. From my cold uh, dead I'm not leaving. <laughs> Keep mining, keep going. Yeah, uh, I find it interesting because I hadn't really realized this about the timeline. But it says, ever since Qui-Gon's former master, Dooku, left the Order, it feels like Qui-Gon has been too busy trying to blah, blah, blah. Has it been like, because this is at least 10 years before The Phantom Menace, was it that early that Dooku left the Order? Like at least 10 years prior? Well, he had. You mean? I'm trying to remember the audiobook because I haven't listened to it since it came out. Well, it had to but... have been about ten years before. Um. Oh no! Never mind. Don't listen to me. Continue. <laughs> no, no. That's. I'm just. You would probably remember more more than we would, but it, it seems like ten years is a long time before Phantom Menace for Dooku to have left the Order. I thought it was like two or three years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess I'm misremembering. One of it, well, uh, yeah, because if, if, you know, if he left a couple of years before Phantom Menace and then goes right into creation of Clone Army stuff, that's a big, that's a big task for a noob. True. Yeah, I, I guess there has to be time for Palpatine to lure him in. and But I'm, I guess I'm thinking like, because obviously Dooku is the one, or my my perspective is that Dooku is the one that manipulated Sifo-Dyas. And I just feel like that taking place over the course of 10 years, like maintaining that relationship, like Dooku maintaining that relationship with Sifo-Dyas while Sifo-Dyas remains in the Order, that seems like a lot for 10 years. <laughs> but they were really close friends. I guess so. But... Uh... Yeah, I mean, this is, this, but this is what I'm talking about. Like, where's the sequel to Master and Apprentice and, and Dooku Jedi Lost, you know? Like, I don't want the prequel. I want the sequel. Like, I want I want those gaps filled in. <laughs> well, I, I, I would love to hear Dooku sort of monologuing about the High Republic. That would be yeah. fascinating to me, just to see this aristocrat talking about a more aristocratic Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> like the order as that's a the whole. crazy thing is that yeah if if dooku is well if we're basing it on christopher lee's age dooku was like 80 during the clone wars in his 80s during the clone wars he was alive during the high republic the tail end of it i, I god you met oh, i imagine seeing the, the acolyte a young dooku in that series oh yeah I fall right out of my chair. Really cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, seriously. 
right out of so my chair. Good. That would be super <laughs> rad. Yeah. But I yeah, I, uh, uh but that's what I want. Like I, I'm sure this will be fun. This will be a fun adventure and there's some obviously gonna be some weird force stuff and some some mystery and whatever, but it I don't know why they feel the need to jump around the timeline like this. It's it's, <laughs> oh, it's just frustrating. It's not that I'm not excited for the book. It's just I wish that they, you know, had a better long-term plan for this stuff. Yeah, well, because it, obviously if they had planned this out, this would have come out before Master and Apprentice. The out-of-sequence stuff, yeah, it's it's sort of strange. It is sort yeah. of strange. I, 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 you know, I... I, I do wish, and I, you know, I don't always care about romance in Star Wars, but I would love for somebody to have the guts to go in with a, a, a Satine Obi Wan pitch. Me too. Yeah, yeah. It just it seems super relevant to not only Kenobi, who is a hot property in Star Wars right now, but also uh, Mandalore and the, the yeah. whole thing of you know that is the other hot thing in Star Wars. So that would be two worlds colliding in Star Wars that could really connect a lot of dots yeah i feel like that would be best served in a like a comic maxi series like a 12 issue you know um the war of mandalore or whatever you want to call it mandalore civil war whatever you know some of this stuff you you almost get the sense because i can't figure out for the life of me why they won't tackle some of this stuff and I, yeah. either that the it's yeah yeah we'll get to it. We've got the rest of time to feed you these stories that we know you want. We got to keep you around. With we can't just give you everything you want in the first ten years. You'll you, we'll have nothing left to feed you. <laughs> yeah, that or you know in, in that kind of case, Obi Wan's a teen or uh, Ben leaving to go to Luke's academy. If there's all like a little bit of fear on Lucasfilm's part because they're just like ugh. These are, we don't know how this will be received and we don't quite know how to approach it because it can be almost like a polarizing topic. Yeah, Yeah. it's a good point. I I would hope that's not in any way how they base their decisions, but optics matter to these companies and who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. But I hope if they do do a book about about obi-wan as a teen that they give it like a the cover art like a real cheesy like obi-wan is like fabio like, uh, like a romance novel <laughs> a real thing? cheesy like a yeah, harlequin like novel smut novel cover <laughs> cover art <laughs> that would be amazing and it, it would be like a total bait and switch because the the cover would not at all match the contents yeah yeah <laughs> like the like the red string of fate yeah, remember the whole yeah. kerfuffle about that in the trailer where people freaked oh. out over that thing and it was like, yeah, no, it's just a ribbon from a tree. <laughs> That's all it is. Yeah. That's all it ever was. And sorry that you read into it too much, but that's on oh, you. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. Okay, so that wraps up the news. Let, before we get out of here, let's quickly talk about some of the stuff we've been reading lately. Um, Marie, I know the answer for you is all of it. Um Let's 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 center in here on on from a few moments anyway on War of the Bounty Hunters. How have you been enjoying this series? 
I have really enjoyed it. Um, my and I, I really like how they've taken the pre-existing series and kept the core of those series going, mm-hmm. but at the same time having the War of the Bounty Hunters story also going on. And the one that's doing that the best is Bounty Hunters. Mm. Yeah. I am absolutely adoring Bounty Hunters. That, yeah. No, I would... I... I think I could agree with that. Yeah. Because uh, when you read the, the main Star Wars title and the, the War of the Bounty Hunters miniseries, those two books are almost directly overlapping in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Like it's only when yeah. you get to the final few pages of a Star Wars issue that feel new because everything else is just, it's, it's not a reprint, but it's. In often cases, a lot of the same dialogue as in uh, mm-hmm. the previous issue of War of the Bounty Hunters. And yeah. it's just told maybe from a slightly different point of view, but it's this exact same word for word dialogue. And then like the last three pages tease what's next. It's like, yeah, ah, okay. I mean, I get it. But you, yeah, I think um, you're, you're right with your call on, on the Bounty Hunter series. Some of these naming conventions get awfully confusing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I like how in Bounty Hunters they're still talking about Cadelia. They're still talking about the Unbroken Clan and the morning, mm-hmm. the the what m- mourn mourners whale mourners whale syndicate. Um, so I love that they're still digging into all that while they're doing War of the Bounty Hunters. So it's that that series has seriously grown on me. And mm-hmm. I have to say that I feel you in that I feel like Darth Vader is kind of lost. Between... <laughs> I don't know what's going on. It jumps oh, back boy. and forth through the timeline, too. Yeah, it's it's I I'm, I'm having a difficult time. And I've, I've, I feel like I've had a difficult time with the Greg Pak run as a whole. Like he's a lot of it in the early run was rooted in sort of flashbacks and nostalgia. So you you, you were anchored and you knew what, what the story was doing. Now I feel like it's it's. It's it's in this tug of war between having to follow War of the Bounty Hunters crossover, but yet also do its own thing, and I don't know what's happening. Like, yeah, Nathan, how are you enjoying War of the Bounty Hunters? Am I out to lunch with that take? What's going on? No, for the most part, I, I'd agree. I'm I'm enjoying it. I think it's really cool how they've uh, tied Crimson Dawn into all these stories and. Mm-hmm. For the most part, I'm enjoying it. Um, that overlap you're talking about, and and part of this is definitely a result of the way I read comics, which is I usually save them up and read three or four at a time. Yes. Um, so it, that overlap that is there to make sure that you're able to follow it as you're reading these series week to week, uh, when you do read them in order a couple at a time, it's... Uh, it's a lot of it's really samey because you're literally rereading the last two or three pages of the of the book you just read you're reading that exact same story again so it's a little it's a little irritating and you know but but sometimes it's verbatim and sometimes it's there's a little extra added 
for the context of the story of the comic yeah. you're reading. So even, even though it's the stuff you've just read, you still have to read it again to make sure you're <laughs> getting those little, those little things. So that's, that's been my biggest frustration with it. And again, that it's just because I, you know, I don't read comics properly, <laughs> 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 right? Like they're designed to be read week to week and, and I don't do that. So it's, I'm kind of doing it myself, but it, it is a little irritating just the same. Uh, I, I'd agree about Vader. It's, I think Vader, I think Vader had a strong opening, mm -hmm. but I think, and I like Craig Pak a lot, but I think uh, someone else has to get in that, in on that book or, and maybe, maybe it'll get back on track after this event, but it's just like, it's, this, I feel like it's been so long that it's just been Palpatine at Vader's throat. And like, it's like, come on, like, can these guys get back on the same page already? <laughs> like, oh, like, because, because other Vader runs is Vader trying to kill people. <laughs> but th more than the others, this run feels like it's other people just trying to kill Vader. And it's like, he uh, can't get yeah. anything done because he's constantly like fighting off all these, what is it? The droid? What is it? The droid? Droid crush. Yeah, it's like, go go away. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, well, and, and, that, and what's it, what, um, Sly Moore is in there now. She's she's gumming up the works for Vader. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's an interesting character to work with because I mean, we we haven't seen hardly anything from her. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about they, plucking a character out of nowhere. Like she's in a couple of background scenes in Revenge like, of the Sith, and now suddenly <laughs> she's somebody. I say, oh, you're you're still around too. Cool. Uh, but yeah, like I didn't really enjoy the Exegol tie-in stuff that much. Like it was it was okay. I mean, and, and I I understood they had to do that or whatever. But, but even uh, that went nowhere, right? That went nowhere. No, that, that's the thing. It's I just like oh, why this is not going to amount to anything because all of this is inevitable. Uh, so like, why, why even bother touching it? Why? The only reason Vader had to know about it was because he had to have the wayfinder on Mustafar. Like that's yeah. ultimately what it comes down sure. to. And it's like that's not a great reason to center an entire arc on this concept. Yeah, the whole thing, but, uh, like, Vader learns that uh, he can't beat Palpatine. Like, he, Palpatine is too strong, and there's no beating him, so you, I guess it's better just, just to play along. And you didn't have yeah, to do it, which, which was for that. Which was fine for, like, an arc or two, but it's like, okay, like, it's like Palpatine just forgot to call the dogs off. And it's like... <laughs> Why are they still go after him? Like, <laughs> you made your point. Cut it out. Like, yeah, uh, it's it's frustrating. Uh, but for the most part, I'm enjoying the comics. It's it's uh, and like you said, Marie, like they're doing a great job of balancing the the story of the event with the story of of the individual series, and. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, overall, I'm I'm happy with it. I have to say, uh, I think all of the artists across the board are doing a great job of capturing Amelia Clark. Like, yeah, yeah, that is, that is Kira 
in yeah. every on every page it's Kira. I don't know if is she just a drawable person? Like it it's kind of of all the likenesses that get captured like you're right like you are looking at Amelia Clark and I Yeah. It, but not in an uncanny valley way. I think if you get the eyebrows right you get Amelia Clark right. <laughs> <laughs> But she's on got the, some pretty recognizable eyebrows. Like Kira's had a pretty triumphant return here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you know, and, and I guess your mileage may vary on her actually fighting Darth Vader. But that was a pretty bold swing from Charles Soule. Well, but I mean, I would have thought so too. I think, but the one line is that she says, "I have extensive experience with Sith lords" or something along that line, and it's like, "Ooh, shivers." <laughs> it's like, "Oh yeah, she's she probably went toe to toe with Maul at one point." Yeah, for yeah, that that's a that was one clever little line which which sets up her whole sort of experience with with the Sith and how she's able to handle them. Yeah. I, I wonder, like, is that is that because she fought him too or like she also means i know how to handle these guys and she just manipulated the hell out of maul and got him kicked off and were sent off to uh malachor yeah it's yeah i mean again another story (laughs) more stories (laughs) out of order uh (laughs) one we haven't gotten yet but uh yeah it's uh, (sighs) It's interesting because I think there was a line, and I don't remember which which issue this was, which series it was, but somebody says that Kira is one of the leaders of Crimson Dawn, which really piqued my interest. I'll have to go back and try to find where that was. One of but, the leaders. Yeah. And I don't know if it was just like, it's like kind of written in a way where the intention, that wasn't the intention. But yeah, it, it this might be bigger than we even than we even think, huh? And it's funny, like we, we it's easy to get lost in talking about Vader and Kira, but the, like the whole thing is this is all about Boba Fett. <laughs> I mean, the story yeah. is, is ostensibly about Boba Fett, and I, he's he's had a pretty rough go of it. People, everybody's after yeah. him. And it's going to be really interesting to see how he sort of fixes the situation for himself so that when we catch up to him in, in Return of the Jedi, he's able to hang out by Jabba's side again. Yeah. Yeah. So somehow he comes in and comes correct and makes it right. But it'll be pretty interesting to see how because he's been in a pretty sticky situation throughout throughout this whole thing. And I got to say... Him setting Chewie on fire, <laughs> I I was appalled. And waving Wookie fur in his in his face. Yeah, I was I was absolutely appalled. What do y'all think yeah. about about the Lando panel where he was like, "Beat his ass, Chewbacca." <laughs> yeah. That was the funniest thing I've ever seen. I was like, "Oh Beat my god." I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm glad yeah. that my boy Chewie got a. F- he he did hold his own against against an arm to the teeth Boba Fett. Like he did yeah. kind of beat him down a little bit, and, and, and well, until Boba, Boba Fett couldn't him. use explosions or projectiles. Or yeah, most yeah. of Boba's arsenal was unavailable because of the circumstances. But yeah, <laughs> I uh, 
Kyle, you mentioned on the last episode of the show that uh, you weren't a fan of some of the one shots. Oh, oh, <laughs> no! I, and that's that's sort of the nature of the game with one shots, right? Like we talked about the 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 three PO one shot before, and there's the K two yeah, very Cassian. hit or miss. They either do a like a really cool single thing, or they're just Mm-hmm. worthless and i have I, you know i read uh, forlom and zuckus and at the oh. end of it i was like why <laughs> <I What? know. laughs> this was like five dollars six dollars why did you make me buy this yeah i i don't even know the point of that story that he was straight up best friend that was straight up trash <laughs> there's oh. no convincing me otherwise Send that to the Dianoga. That was pure garbage. <laughs> oh man! So that, that's there's that a paper the, uh... shortage in America right now. They should have saved that paper. That's the Tatooine well... Rhapsody of uh, comics for, for Nathan. <laughs> oh, that was oh, a it cute. Was, it was short, terrible. and I don't even remember the Jabba one. I I don't even remember what that was about. Oh, it was about that other bounty hunter, the one his uh, favorite. Deva Lon, Bubba Fett, Deva, Deva, Deva Lon, Lon Pop. Yeah, she is. I love her. I want more of her. And they keep like teasing her, but she doesn't do anything. Yeah, I wonder if that she's an Ethan Sachs creation that they kind of squeezed in, like. He has maybe he has plans for her down the line it, in Bounty Hunters. It does the way her whole presentation where she's like on covers and she's in stories but not doing anything. It, yeah, it does feel backdoor pilotish. Yeah, it's very punchline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very punchline in Batman to me. And like, she's like, despite her appearance, like she, you know, she does, she looks like she's a regular character, but she's also very old. Yeah, but she does not look old whatsoever. Like she doesn't. It's not like a a, a case where you're like, oh, this. Uh, she looks like she's anyone of our age. She's a snake yeah. lady. <laughs> yeah, she's got like very cat-like, serpent-like eyes, but she's not. Yeah. She's not can open her jaw. Like she she looks young, even though she's a few hundred years old. So again, you got to ask the question: Is this somebody who shows up in in High Republic? At some mm. point, or in a mm, story true. set in that era, because I, I yeah, am maybe surprised. she comes across, maybe she comes across uh, Sana Staros and says, "Huh, Staros, I knew Staros's a long time ago." <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, that's that's a connection yeah. that's just waiting to be made. Those are all comic characters. Yeah, uh, and yeah. the Bausch, I I really like the Bausch one shot. I enjoyed it. And it was helped a lot, I think, by the David Baldion art. It was absolutely gorgeous. I think that's the one but, I don't uh, own, or at least it's it might be waiting for me at my LCS. Which who knows I think when that's I get back. that's the one that's worth picking up for sure. It's uh, it's Bausch and a bunch of other um, UBs bounty hunters um, trying to assassinate Domina Tag. Who is such a badass? Yeah, it's uh, it's worth picking. I think you'll enjoy that one, Kyle. 
All right, on your word, I will. I will buy if I see it. Yeah. If if when my comic guy takes out my stuff and throws it on the on the counter for me to look through, I won't take. I won't remove it. <laughs> <laughs> well, l- listen. It, even if you don't enjoy the story, the David Baldian art is worth the look anyway. Done. I'll keep that one. Yeah, because I I took the uh, the Forlom and Zuckus one, and like I said last week, like usually stuff gets bagged and boarded back in the box. This one uh, just nope. This one's out. Like. This is in the for sale pile. <laughs> it's it's, oh. it's out. Goodbye. I can't yeah, bring myself it, to care oh, to that degree about Forlom or Zuckus. But they had to do that issue because it led to um, Zuckus joining up with Tonga's crew. Yeah. They don't need him. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't care about Forlom and Zuckus before, but I I resent them now. <laughs> After that issue. Oh. I want my oh. $6 back. <laughs> yeah. Send them the Exegol. Yes. Yeah. All right. Oh, boy. Let's, uh, let's, let's, I mean, is there anything else we, we want to talk about before we wrap up? I just no, want to do a plug so. for Out of the Shadows. It's so good. Yeah, even though I haven't finished it yet, I will agree. I it, it's good. It's good. It's a step I, up from Test of Courage. Oh yeah. Well, well, Out of the Shadows is young yeah, it's adult. more into the dark. Okay. All yeah. Right. Fair enough. It's young yeah. Adult. yeah. But I like, oh, but I've you got mean like... Justina Ireland? Yeah. It's yeah. It's she blew it out of the park like she just or knocked it out of the whatever she she did really good um it there's just so many things about that book that delighted me and i really feel like it is up there for me with pirate's price Mm -hmm. wow yeah that's high praise yeah i think i'm like 85 percent done um she like there are a lot of characters that she's pulled in from other stories like wreath and um wreath and oh, cook uh, what's his master comac 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 vitus i'm still having trouble i'm still having trouble like we're like five years into the high republic right <laughs> and i'm still having trouble with the names uh, yeah, Wreath and Comac are in it, and uh, Vernestra's in it, and a bunch of new characters, and uh, Stellan's in it, and yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Cool. That will have to go on the list of books that I will buy, but maybe never get to. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, two hours flies just like that, but it's uh, we got we got to wrap it up. We gotta let people get on with their days here. So, hey, it's been a long time, man. I know it's all my—it's <laughs> completely my fault. Every week, no, I'm like, it's okay, su- it's yeah, we're gonna it's get summer. To this. It's understandable. And I, you know, I keep like, okay, we're gonna—I'm gonna read all my books, and then we're gonna do a book pod. And then I was talking to Marie earlier in the week. I'm like, I haven't forgotten. I haven't forgotten. It's just <laughs> I haven't read, and but I'm doing it now. So in the next couple of weeks, we'll talk. And then I think the next day, boom, <laughs> book news. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. I guess you. I guess uh, destiny has forced my hand here. 
<laughs> and otherwise, there's no other news to talk about. So it was, a, it was a good time to catch up on the books and get excited for stuff that's coming because there's a lot of it. I mean, it's going to be 2022 beyond the madness that will happen on, on Disney+. Plus. Like, yeah. we are going to be buried with High Republic comics and novels and then just regular Skywalker era comics and novels. Oh, yeah. boy. We're doomed. <laughs> yeah. Or spoiled. We need to get Rick on because we know that he's read everything. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? Guy? And we need to make sure he's okay. Has anybody heard from Rick? Is he okay? <laughs> Not in the last couple hours we haven't heard from him. I do hope he's okay, oh, though. boy. I hope he didn't get crushed under his stack of books. I hope he's not locked inside his fifth wheel with the with the hardcover army. <laughs> oh man, that's like that's his place to be. Although with the way he eats books, he's set for a, for a good long while. Yeah. <laughs> Is he, has he tuned out yet? He must hate us by now. Sorry, Rick. <laughs> okay. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. That's that's going to do it for this week. If you want to catch up with us, uh, you can find us all in the Tumbling Saber Facebook group, which we invite you to come and join. Uh, if you'd like to be a bigger part of the podcast, your emails are welcome to tumblingsaber at gmail.com and we'll get it into an upcoming episode of the podcast. Uh, and then aside from that, we just have to tell people, tell the good people who have spent the last two hours listening to us where we can be found on social media. Marie, where are you at? I can be found on Twitter at Alia Morgan, and you can find my Star Wars review blog where I post every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at thestarwarsreview.blogspot.com. And then you can hear me talking about queer Star Wars. Uh, uh, I can't talk on YouTube at Afra's Artifacts. Very cool. Oh, prolific as ever. And Nathan, where are you at? Uh, I'm in the Facebook group all the time. And I mean, I always, every episode I say, follow me on Twitter at NAF Roberts. But like, I never tweet about Star Wars. <laughs> like, I only tweet about communism and my mental <laughs> breakdown. <laughs> like, <laughs> so if you want some of that, come to Twitter and follow me. But uh, the best place to interact with me about Star Wars is in the Facebook group. That is becoming more my thing, too. Like, I, I don't know what it is, but I can't find the energy to, to tweet anymore. I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I, oh, I tweet. Like, the other day, I was like, I might become a guy who eats a box of cereal at the bus stop. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> How late's the bus? Yeah, like um, maybe that'll be just be my thing now. What kind of cereal? I'll just be that guy. Like people drive by and like I'm at the bus stop eating a box of corn pops or something. You know? <laughs> like okay, you're a corn pops guy. Listen, it's been a hard year. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like sticking your hand uh. deep into a bag of corn pops and chowing down at the at the bus stop oh man whether you're waiting for a bus or not it's you know it's 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 it's, you know you got to be seen and nothing makes a statement like eating corn pops from kellogg's it's true man it's true you know you got to make your mark you know you can't take anything with you so you got to leave the memories right you got to leave a legacy (laughs) and if you're going to be bus stop uh you know bus stop corn pop guy 
Then that's, Corn that's, pop Nate. There you go. <laughs> you, got, you, you have to change your Twitter handle now. <laughs> yeah. Remember that when during the election, like, wasn't there something about Joe Biden? Some rapper, Corn Pop or something? Uh, anyway, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I Last week, I mixed cocoa Cheerios with vanilla Cheerios. You're a madman. Wild. <laughs> I could tell you that. It was crazy. Madness in a bowl. But I will do it again. It was actually kind of good. Is it legal? <laughs> I will make it legal. I feel like that's a little more illegal than like pirating movies. <laughs> do you remember like, when you used to go you're to not the movie? Trouble. You're not going to get in trouble, but you know, you don't want the wrong people to find out. <laughs> True. I mean, do they? I, yeah. I feel like the people that issue those warnings also don't care. They just have that to issue the true. warning. They're like, ah, I can't be bothered. Go watch your movie. That's true. Remember, like, when you go, when you would go to the cinema, like, say the early aughts, like 15, 18 years ago, and every movie was preceded by this short, uh, like, a warning kind of thing. Manny Perry makes movies, and he would talk about, like, the whole process of making movies. I think he was a stunt coordinator or something, and he would just talk about piracy. Uh. And then, oh, all these people do this work on a movie. And then uh, someone just goes on the internet and presses a button and takes all that benefit and pays nothing for it. And I was like, yeah, that's that's kind of what's happening, Manny Perry. You're just going to yeah, have to deal with it. But who cares? Who cares? Because you're still getting paid. <laughs> and hopefully Manny like, Perry is still making movies and going on strike with the rest of uh, IATSE and going to get a nice living out mm, of it. Get, get, their, uh, hopefully. get their proper paycheck. Get these bastards. Yeah. Man, remember Purple Ketchup? Purple ketchup. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, well. but I do. I I do remember garlic coke. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> garlic Coca Cola. Yeah. Oh, actually, man. no. There was Heinz put out purple ketchup like in the nineties, the late nineties. It was like it was just ketchup dyed purple. It was like a big thing. That's horrible. Yeah. Well, we have cotton yeah. candy craft dinner now. That's true. Which is that's true. Revolting. We, Absolutely. We revolting. tried the uh, the butter chicken KD a couple weeks ago. That is rank. <laughs> <laughs> I have the I have jalapeno cheddar, uh, the Cheetos mac and cheese. Oh, that's good. Oh, the Cheetos mac and cheese is good. Yeah, Marie, Kraft Dinner is Kraft mac and cheese in Canada. Marie's oh, left. She's okay. like, she's like, what are you guys t- <laughs> rambling about at this point? What are you doing? I'm like, Cheetos mac and cheese? These assholes are talking about ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> A new low, everybody. A new low. Every week, we're going to find something worse to talk about. So, Listen, everybody says this is the best part of the podcast. <laughs> Somehow, which... <sighs> oh, well. Man, we got to start doing like DMT and talking about that. <laughs> That's the way to go. And having anti vaxxers on as guests. Uh, <laughs> uh. That's the way to go. The sad part oh, is I can produce a couple of them pretty easily, and that just makes me sad. We'll start selling like vitamins online and Herbalife and uh, cosmetics from Unique. Use promo code CHOP RULES. <laughs> <laughs> on your order <laughs> oh man all right that's enough of that train wreck 
Hope you enjoyed it. I know you did. But that's going to do it for this week, guys. Uh, enjoy your week. Stay safe. And until next episode, may the force be with you. Bye. Later. Sitting here for hours, looking at that child. Pages getting wider like a mirror to myself. Struggle for the answers, questions frighten me. Circles getting wider, it's harder just to see. Your voice is saying